cultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Tonight, reflections on another trip around the sun completed and the inverse Medusa effect of aging. Tales of Grandma's days as a Nazi hunting member of the Italian underground. Hobbits, pirates, and mystic rituals using alcohol's version of the peace pipe, La Grola. And now, quietly awaiting my one-way trip to Guantanamo, I am Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, answering hopelessness with a defiant smile and a raised middle finger, Daniel Bellelli. Along with our internet guru, Evan Culver. Away we go. Welcome back, everybody. It's episode eight. Not only that, it's Daniele Bolelli's birthday. Woo! Yay, yay, yay. Another trip around the sun. Congratulations. Indeed. You solar circum rounder. Sizer. First, circumciser. <laughs> I'm this. These guys, by the way, in while we're recording the intro at the end of everything, yes. and these guys have been drinking beyond what? belief. So if they make no sense by now, I'm the only sober one in this room. Oh. I'm surrounded by people. <sighs> real drunken towers. So yeah, what the hell? Well, but I guess that's part of the paradox of it mm. all. Today I'll be the sober one on the day of my birthday. The elder yeah. statesman. Yes, uh, very Gentlemen, serious so. and wise. So we got our intro, a few things to take care of before we get down. Well, actually, even this is business. But one thing, real quick about T-shirts. Uh, if you guys have ordered a T-shirt, we should be having it out by the beginning of February. Um, so it should be coming up soon. Couple of you guys ordered T-shirts, uh, gave me the colors, didn't give me sizes. Um, Those are large. And I emailed <laughs> you like 16 times and nobody ever replied. So Mr. John Jackson and Mr. Aaron Leishman, Leishman, Leishman something like that, please, within yesterday, let me know what uh, size you need. Maybe this was a sneaky, strange ploy to have your name mentioned on the air. Uh-huh. I don't know. Or maybe you just don't check your email. In either case, please let me know so we can get the T-shirts out. Um, other business. Oh, this is funny, man. It's like I got this email a um, couple of weeks ago, and um, there was somebody who was mentioning the possibility of doing affiliate sponsorship, and we had decided not to do affiliate anymore. We're either going to do regular sponsorship or nothing because we already had that Susara. We had the audio, audible.com, so we're like... You know, we don't want to overdo it. And so I was about to tell him, you know, that's really sweet, it's nice, but no thanks. And then the guy mentioned a magic word. Liquor. Close almost that. Wine. Chocolate. Oh, fuck. And I was like, well, in that case, okay, sure. Affiliate sponsorship sounds beautiful. And uh, actually, if I need to clean your toilet and whatever, it's all good. (laughs) Not only chocolate, this is semi-healthy chocolate in the sense that they do some really weird complex voodoo that I don't understand, but they have info about to actually take the guilt out of it because they make it freakishly healthy. And yet, oh, my fucking God, I tasted it. It is good, good, good. Where can I get my hands on some of this? We'll put the link on the episode notes to their website. Uh, Better news about... Well, by the way, is it cheap? No, it's not. It's pretty damn expensive. (laughs) Is it worth it? Damn. Oh, my God. I 
I seriously, I pretty much grabbed it after I had a bite because I was like, healthy chocolate, it sounds too good to be true. Fuck that, this is gonna be crap. I took a bite and I was like, okay, forget biting it. Where is a syringe that I can straight shoot it up in vain, this thing? Because this is just too good to. So it's good stuff. It's. Uh, okay, I won't go there because it's just messing with my brain. But. Um, if you guys uh, um, use the link that we will put in the episode notes, if you guys want chocolate, Valentine's Day is coming up, so it gives you an excuse to either buy chocolate or demand chocolate from other humans. Um, you'll get 10% off. You need to put uh, you need to put just my first name, Daniele. Better if you spell it right. So it's Daniel with an E at the end, only one L. And uh, that will give you, when you go buy it and you check out, it will give you a 10% discount and uh, then happiness will come in the mail for you. Who are these folks? I don't think I got the name. Because uh, it's a damn Portuguese name. No offense to anybody who speaks Portuguese, but, well, maybe a little offense, but it's, uh, I'm going to butcher it, but let me try. How do we pronounce your name? I want to say Curacao. Sound Portuguese enough. What the hell is good chocolate? So, yes, let's call it Curacao. Call it whatever the fuck you want. You won't remember anyway after you taste it because you'll be in like some strange chocolate bliss land. So, it's all good. But we'll put the link, we'll put the instruction of forgetting your discounts. Eat chocolate, it's good for you. Uh, awesome. Chocolate is seriously the only drug that I'm majorly addicted to. Uh, it's worth it. What the hell? Makes life better if it kills me and robs me of. 17 decades out of my, my lifespan totally worth it because you had chocolate yes and in these guys they make it healthy oh my god but in any case i'll stop talking um uh, because we got other business to take care of so and chocolate i can go on for three hours straight just on that and that would be bad <laughs> so we took care of t-shirts we took care of chocolate uh one quick mention just because i got this email i will mention only part of his name because for very serious reason um hassan hassan something like that um, awesome story. He grew up Muslim. Um, issues with his fate when his brother came out being gay, mm. not exactly looked kindly upon by Islam. And this was compounded by a major magic mushroom trip. So the combination of gay brother plus magic mushrooms, I guess, clashed radically with organized religion, led to him departing his organized religion of choice, which in this case, in the case of Islam, abandoning the religion is called apostasy and is grounds for the death penalty. So that's probably why we will not mention his full name. Wow. But your story, I read it, I checked the email, we went back and forth a couple of times. That was a hell of a story, very well written. I had a blast. Hope you don't get killed for it. That would seriously ruin my day, at least half of my day. So please don't. And best of luck with everything. Other things, few people to mention, the lovely folks who have donated to us this month. And again, man, I have no, well, I need to have words because that's the name of the game is talking into this damn microphone. So <laughs> I will have words, but metaphorically speaking, I have no words because you guys are so sweet. You know, there's, you know, you guys know that the podcast is free and uh, you choose to send us money. In some cases, some of you guys have a ton or maybe you rob the bank or something and you send us a little more. In some cases, it's really next to nothing, but it's sweet because it shows that you want to, even if it's so little, is uh, it's you take the time to go on PayPal, click the buttons, do everything else. And so we really just deeply appreciate it. 
uh, again, I'm gonna butcher your name now to show you how much I appreciate you, but Sandro Whitwer, David Marty, Michael Meng, Matthew Torian, Lee Powell, Andrew Craig, Gordon Cinco, Blair Jordan, who returns, he donated once before, so wow. check you out. Oh, fuck, he actually, oh, Barry, I'm so sorry. This, he actually sent me a pronunciation guide when I mentioned that I was going to butcher his name because his last name is unpronounceable. <laughs> I completely forgot to check it, so sorry, I will butcher your name again. Is Barry Caruthers, Caruthers, C-A-R-R-U-T-H-E-R-S. What the fuck, man? You know, <laughs> you are awesome because you donated sweetly, but man, you have a weird last name. Uh, well, I'm named Daniele Bolelli, so what the fuck, you know. <laughs> but um, Vincent Frolic, Fro- Frolic, 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 something like that, Betsy Ferris and Dwayne Kinsey. Kinsey? Dwayne Kinsey, yes. Uh, I believe this is everybody for this month. Thank you guys so much. Deeply appreciate it. Uh, before we get rolling with more stuff, Angela Morado, a listener, she started out sending me email back after the first time I was on Rogan's, chatted back and forth a few times, she's about to have a baby, she's confined to bed rest, can't train jujitsu as her usual physical outlet, so she's ready to murder anybody within a five mile radius. Please don't. No. We love you, we send you good vibes, have a good baby, have a healthy baby, don't kill people and uh, you will be back to doing jiu-jitsu life will smile again upon you so good luck to you with everything last but not least super quick amazon link if you shop on amazon click the link on the drunken taoist we love you for it that's usara that's usara our uh, affiliate sponsor for hemp gear Man, he's getting his new stuff in. It's awesome. New bags, new... uh, He just sent me a um, uh, hemp gi, which I can't wait to start rolling. I never roll with a gi usually, but I'm just going to start rolling with it because it's too cool. I just need to make sure never to roll with Nick Diaz or he's going to try to smoke it while we (laughs) grow. (laughs) But um, so that's Usara Products. There's the link. If you guys are in the market for either gis or computer bags, backpacks, all that kind of stuff, and uh, audible.com also we have the link if you guys want to check out uh, you get the first month free um, if you want to try it out you can cancel anytime not a bad deal so without further ado because we're gonna talk a hell of a lot during this one episode i'll shut up for a second and we'll get the ball rolling but um, wait there's more yes there's one more thing i want to mention the one thing is um please tell your grandma goldfish friends anything that has a heartbeat or doesn't even have to have a heartbeat as long as it has a computer and you can download the podcast um we love you we want more of you so please bring us your friends family pets anything uh if you can please let everyone you know tell the good news that the lord has no tell that's the um, (laughs) about our podcast and have them check it out they may never speak to you again but in that case maybe you don't want them anyway so please pass along the news awesome comments on itunes never hurt so yes that too really appreciate it i'm tired of writing them all by myself so if you guys can please help me out any more words that would be our own awesomeness yes all right folks here we go episode eight it's uh it must be dream time yay I 
a disturbing one. Which ones aren't disturbing? Oh, man. I don't know. Dream of the Month is... Um, well, I must preface by saying that I've been watching a whole lot of The Walking Dead. Excellent. And that seems to have influenced my... Not only every time I return home, I run like madmen and I drive the key into the thing really quick, close the door behind me and always picture like 32 zombies glued with their nose to my door. But other than that detail, um, here is how my dreams have been affected, apparently. So I was picturing a very wholesome, pleasant start, right? We have Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. So everything is good and beautiful there, right? Except that Disneyland, in this case, is going to be the origin of the zombie apocalypse. But it's not a whole full-blown zombie apocalypse yet. We have Disneyland with all the tourists and the mom and the kids screaming and the stuff. And all of a sudden, there are three zombies in there and uh, there's this dude they are clearly there are these people who are walking funny and weird and uh, so one of the workers in uh, his mickey mouse suit goes in front of them and is all like hello sir are you okay and the three zombies jump on the mickey mouse employee and start they tackle him take him to the ground and start eating the hell out of him and um, with mickey being uh, eaten by zombies that's when i woke up hmm. have fun with that that's when you woke up or walk up? <laughs> so, uh, I watch a lot of The Walking Dead also. Yep. Was it as gory as that show? Oh, yeah. Or did you see the season, what was the season opener? And, where it came, it zooming into the zombie's eye, and then it had them come in and shoot him like it was uh, an arrow or something? It was, it was pretty It awesome. was pretty graphic. I mean, yeah. all my dreams tend to be, there's no pulling punches yeah, there. Right there. They are... To me. They are graphics. Yeah. They are like, in this case, the Mickey Mouse dude was getting, you know, his juggler, you know, blood spraying from his juggler, and Mickey was flailing his hands oh, and no. doing his six. Exactly. <laughs> it's my favorite sound effect again. Thank God. <laughs> Why do you want to do that to Mickey, everybody? All right, bait. Have a nice day. Bait worked. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, by the time you see the three zombies sticking half of their face inside Mickey's stomach and ripping whatever is there, in, yeah, that was pretty graphic, I would say. I have a feeling. It probably started in the water, and, the, and it's a small world ride, because you know between the vomit and, and and the amounts of sugary drinks that are spilled into that, and I don't think they change it a whole lot. Walt was kind of a penny pitcher. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I tell you, since you tell a story, this is not actually a dream. This actually happened. Yeah. Uh, there we, go. we were we were <laughs> we were down there in Orlando. We went to the Orlando uh-huh. Disney World, which is actually a bigger version of Disneyland, but the people are fatter, so you need wider seats anyway. So. <laughs> Here we are more, going more on the. Hub, by the way, around. for all our listeners from Florida, deep apologies. Oh, no, 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 it's not the Florida people. It's those those, those oh, the tourist fucks y'all have to deal with, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm not hurting your feelings, Florida. <laughs> Gator bait. Um, so here we are. We're going to ride the the, uh, the uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales uh, 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 Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Right. And in we go. And of course. I've always heard stories about this thing getting stuck. And if you're going to get stuck, there's lots of good places to get stuck. But when you've got like a four-year-old and a six-year-old with you, the place you don't want to get stuck is right there at the edge of the waterfall where the skull reminds you every 17 seconds, dead men tell no tales. (laughs) So we, we hang there for a little bit. And finally, 
you know, somebody gets a broom and kicks our boat loose and swoosh, off we go through it. So we get through the ride and, you know, all the stuff's going on and the, and the raping is represented and the stealing and the drinking. So yeah, what's it really up, is what's a up great ride. There's a lot like, of good messages in there, man. Walt was careful about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, they actually switched the women. Yeah. Where the used to be the pirates chasing the women. Right. And then to be nutty, as if anyone's going to believe this shit anyway, switch it to the women chasing the pirates. Oh, I'd seen... Uh, yeah, right. I'd seen something else. I saw where... Um because they couldn't have the pirate chasing the woman because he was too sexual. Yeah. Then they had the pirate chasing a woman who was carrying a cake. So the pirate is after the cake, the cake, which is... Never mind the weird symbolism, but yeah, it's on that note. Right. Anyway, to my friends at Disney. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, we make our way in, and it's sort of the finishing line. And now the boats are racked up like, like 15, 20... All in a big line. Rape has been represented. It is, and we get to watch it over and over and over as they chase each other around that barrel. It's like, oh, he's going to get her one day. So, um, obviously, I just can't sit in the silence and just let it go by. No. And I take that moment, and this is back when people used to have lighters instead of cell phones at concerts. This is probably 10, 12 years ago. And I flip my lighter, and I sing to the crowd of stuck people, If I leave here tomorrow... And because I'm in Florida, because I'm in the South, no less than 20 people joined in for the Would you still remember me? And it was a whole incredible Pirates of Caribbean, um, a Freebird rendition. That makes my zombie dream feel pleasant by comparison. Yeah. Wait, so you may actually be correct. This is re- this was real. Yeah, that happened. That's real. Okay. Wow. All right. So, where are the zombies when you need them? <laughs> and I know in speaking of zombies, I, I I don't know where to place this, but this seems like the point um we need your hobbit report. Oh, you know what? I'm actually going to get to that. Okay. Um yes, hobbit report will seem appropriate. Well, well let's let's hop out of the dreamland. Yeah. And you know, or live land, or whatever the hell it happens to be these days, and lose um, track. So don't get too spooked because story time's coming, and that's where the real fear will begin. So mm. off we go, another awesome dreamland, and we'll see you guys on the other side of this. to reach deep into the digital mailbox for the Ask Bolelli section. Now, we have done a little math here and somehow or another, probably a glitch, probably some mouse has pissed on some chips somewhere and it's firing things off incorrectly, but over 100,000 episodes of the Drunken Taos podcast have been downloaded in one sense or another. Can you believe that shit? Hyper-published. We've just multiplied it all and there's been 100,000 episodes. No, I think over 100,000 downloads uh, there you go of, of the episodes that we've published well that makes the fact that three my, of my computers have burned because I spend all day downloading it in order to drive our numbers I've up. been having the same that problem I've everywhere I go script. I've written mini scripts to take care of this it just fires in randomly a 7 wrong. a 3 a Got 4 it. a 2 yeah. No my 52 iTunes account with which I rate ourselves constantly. Yeah. No, by the way, seriously, <laughs> if you guys... Um, Narcissist. Yeah, all those comments that say, Bolelli's muscles, oh my God, look at that bicep. Can you believe it? I'm just getting hot just thinking about it. Especially of a man of his age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Motherfucker. Um, 
Where are we in the Ask Bolelli session? Let's get going. We're getting scattered. Yeah, let's get going with deep philosophy. No, I'm actually getting cool question. I liked it. I got it a couple of days ago by email. Uh, Mark asked a question about the Tao Te Ching. And since we're the drunken Taoists, just to prove that we're not only drunken, but we're also Taoists, let's tackle the Tao Te Ching. Um, he asked a couple of, there are a few passages in the Tao Te Ching that deal with leadership. Actually, a lot of the Tao Te Ching deals with leadership. The specific passages he's, um, he's playing with are, um, well, I'll read a couple. At least this is one of the, the translations he sent me. One say, when taxes are too high, people go hungry. Simple enough, right? When the government is too intrusive, people lose their spirit. Act for the people's benefit, trust them, leave them alone. Another passage say, governing a large country is like trying to fry, is, is like frying a small fish. You spoil it with too much poking. And uh, yeah, never mind the poking part. But the, <laughs> there are um, there are a few more like this that basically drive home the same point. That seems to be that politically speaking, Taoism has this not exactly anarchist, but like minimum government. But again, minimum government doesn't mean necessarily super small government it means minimum necessary which means whatever the minimum to take care of business is you don't want to do one inch more than that however you do need to take care of business so the specific question that he asks is in regards to how does somebody who's not in charge of running a large country or cooking a small fish i guess how do people who are not busy cooking fish or running big countries uh, take this stuff and they apply it for their own life? What's the deal? And one of the things about the Tao Te Ching is if you are a parent, if you are somebody's boss, if you have any kind of human interaction where you have a minor leadership role or maybe major as it may be, uh, part of the point is you need to getting stuff done, making it look like you're not doing anything. Um, And the way to do it is that you work on things indirectly. Because the moment you apply too much force, the moment you're too much yelling, telling people what to do, you do this, you do that, it can be effective, but it's also, A, people probably will resent you. B, you're expending a hell of a lot of energy. Um, It's too easy to become very bossy with all the problems that that entails. And what the Tao Te Ching hints at is working at things in an indirect fashion, being able to do stuff, being able to accomplish things in such a way that it looks like you're not doing much. And the way you do it is by, a lot of it is listening to, first is uh, asking people questions, relating to them, making them feel like, and not just making them feel like it's a cynical ploy, but actually really trying to develop empathy for them so you can see the world through their eyes once you see the world through their eyes, it's a ton easier to try to guide them along a path that's beneficial to both you and them, rather than if you have a model of how you want things done that you are going to impose on whoever is in front of you. They can be, doesn't matter what they are feeling, what they are thinking, where they are coming from, what's their attitude about life. None of that is you have your mindset of this is how it needs to be done. Well, that's great and all, but the problem is, there are human beings on the other end and they may not respond to the way you want things done. Doesn't mean that they don't want to help you get the stuff done, but you may need to speak their language to be able to lead them in. And then they will do a work where you don't sound like the boss because you're not yelling at them, you're not telling them, do this, do that, do the other. 
you are just letting them get to that point. It looks very indirect. It looks like uh, if you do your job well, it really doesn't look like you're doing it. And that's the highest skill. It's the same thing as like in uh, The Art of War, Sun Tzu book. Mm. He say how a, a good warrior wins every battle, but the greatest warriors win without fighting any battle. Because mm-hmm. the point is that you maneuver reality ahead of time in such a way that you get the job done without having to expand so much damn energy by aggressively going after it. Yeah, those are the battles you don't have to fight. I yeah, mean. exactly. And it's like the frying the small fish, you know, if... Uh, never mind the poking metaphor, but if you... That is my favorite part. Yeah, if you are messing with it too much, you're going to screw it up, right? If you don't touch it at all, you're going to screw it up. You just need to know those light little touches that make the whole thing work. Same thing as governing a large camp. Governing, governing, whatever the fuck you say it in English. Um, Download. Leader. I mean, I had like... There was uh, one lady I worked for at UCLA that... um, (laughs) She had the perfect Taoist style of leadership. She really didn't look like she did shit. And to some degree, she didn't. But what she did was she hired good people. She had few words for them, just gave a vague idea. Just like, I want this done. How you get it done? I don't care. You want to leave early? I don't care. You want to, whatever the fuck, do it. She gave you all the freedom in the world, but she said, I just need this done by this time any way you want to go about it. You know, if people are happy, if, uh, quote-unquote, our customers, in this case, were students, it was a tutorial lab, but it's like, if if uh, students are happy and they respond well, I'm happy. I don't need to hear any more about it. So she let you completely free. I mean, I cheated in a horrendous way, my timesheets, charging hours that I never work and all of that. So I felt like I was getting this awesome good deal. But the reality is that in that way, she was also, I still deliver what she wanted out of the job I delivered. She wasn't a stickler about you need to be here from this time to that time or following stupid rules and all the excess stuff that make people resent working. Yeah, yeah. That's the best way people work, you know? Plus, it gives you enough rope to hang yourself. So yep. if you are oh, yeah. a slacker, oh, yeah. you're the first one out. Yep. She'll replace you with three more just like you. Yep. They get it right next time. Yeah, right. I mean, it's built on trust. Right. And if you, if you screw it up, and you continue to screw up, it becomes very obvious. Yep. If you're complacent, if you just don't care, it's so obvious. But all matters is you get your job done, people walk out of there happy. Right. And it's the same thing in the way with kids. You know, if you start yelling at your kids all the time about do this, do that, do the other, they're going to hate you. And then they're going to do the opposite behind your back just to piss you off because that's the way it is. And I mean, granted, it's a lot easier said than done. But sometimes the way is to not put so many damn rules and instead say, look, I want something done. I don't care how, I don't care in which way. And again, not everybody responds to the same stimuli, you know. No, some, some, will, some will not do any of it. Right, your son needs to be beat with a don't stick. Don't even so, get me started. Yes. I have to disagree with this one. No, <laughs> but, but again, but that's also the Taoist thing. Is like there's yeah. not one model that applies to everything. That's why yeah. I stress the minimum necessary yeah. in terms of energy that you put into it. Because many people read this stuff and say, that means no government. That means you do next to nothing. It's like... No, you do the bare minimum. The bare minimum may still be a lot if that's what's needed. It would be you know? quite a bit. Yep. Well, Can, that's... Why can't we apply this to our government? Right. Oh, wait a minute. There's money in the way. 
there's man in the way and also is a really damn delicate balance you know what i mean this is like you need to have a sensitivity to life they are constantly adjusting a tiny bit to make sure it's on the spot it's very easy to fall and put too much force into or, it yeah. or too little or or, or how about the case because i want to hear more about what rich has to say about this but like when you uh when you tell somebody they can't do this they they decide uh-huh. that they're going to or, or vice versa whatever and so when you're talking about like, kids and all that i mean they're the biggest you know offender of this whole rule i mean sure. it seems that, sure. yeah we're gonna piss that off no, no matter what so yep. i mean but that generally becomes <clears throat> the mission right 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 i mean so then it's like okay so then uh, how do you unmanage or whatever jason freed or whatever those the you know rework people want to talk about but it's just how do you do it? I mean, I guess it's kind of the, the beauty of it, right? If you, you, it's not something you can describe or right. And I mean, or tell you just don't. Richard is going to explode on this, it. so we'll try to we'll silence his mic I'm and fine. time <laughs> up because he's going to start crying. Yeah, but just be just tears. The no, I mean, it's again, it's a lot <clears throat> damn easier than that. Yeah, exactly, and that's I mean, I of guess course, it's kind of the definition of uh, it's the undefinition. We're not trying to define anything while defining it, mm-hmm. but that's just exactly what it ends up being is that it's it is what it is you can't really look at it that way it's like surfing in a way because it's like if you put too much muscle too much weight in one direction you're gonna fall off if you put too little and so you're leaning too much the other way you're gonna fall off but that would be already too easy because the point is (coughs) the wave is changing constantly every single second your balance need to be adjusted and that's the game you know that's that's leadership right there in this case, it's just you, the ocean, and the board. Uh, in this case, it, on the other hand, it applies to other human beings as well, which makes it even more complex. But in a way, it's like you're the surfer, and they are also the surfer as well as the wave, in a sense. But you are rolling with it, and you constantly need to adjust. That's why it's that's why Taoism is difficult, because on the surface, it's very simple, right? It's about find a balance. That's simple. The reality is that finding a balance requires so much sensitivity, so much empathy in terms of understanding others, so much ability to constantly change with the changes that are happening around you. So whatever was working 10 minutes ago may not be the way to go right now. Like our microphones. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, I mean, it's a skill, but that's what being a Taoist surfer of life is all about. Oh, I like that. Like maybe an that. offshoot group. All yeah. right. The drunken Taoist surfers. Is this is this I'm gonna flex my muscle on that moment? Taoist <laughs> surfers alive, perhaps. Yes. No, it's uh it's a challenge, there's no doubt about it. You know, I think the empathy is the most important thing yep. for sure. Yep. To yep. try to be able to travel, you know, a few feet in somebody else's shoes mm-hmm. is an amazing thing. Yep. But uh it ain't always the answer. It's like we're we're uh, contradicting the cause by even trying to figure it out. I mean, well, I mean, that's the first line of the Tao Te Ching, right? The Tao that you can speak of is not the real Tao. Exactly. Like, but then they go write about a whole book on it. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole point is, yeah, you can so talk circular. about it as long as you understand that you can become dogmatic about anything, including Taoism, oh, yeah. including being flexible and doing the mean... Like, for example, in Judo, Judo is a funny martial art because Judo is based entirely on the Tao Te Ching, which many people don't know, but Jigoro Kano, the creator of Judo, was a big fan of the Tao Te Ching, and he wore a, he had studied Jiu-Jitsu and applied a lot of principle in creating Judo using the Tao Te Ching. And people read the Tao Te Ching and they think, like, it's all about non, using no force, being all flexible and being all yin. 
and you see judo people there like sweating like pigs pulling each other throwing each other across the room and it's like that looks like a hell of a lot of force that doesn't look like all this tai chi old lady moving gently and stuff <laughs> but that again is a misunderstanding of Taoism because Taoism is not telling you use no force it's telling you the minimum necessary and sometimes the minimum is still a damn lot you know what I mean if sometimes it still means that you are gonna sweat like a pig trying to throw the other dude you want to get to a level of mastery where you use as little energy as possible but again as little energy as possible doesn't mean no energy you know it's there's still and that's why to me i'm more interested in seeing Taoism applied in that context brooding gritty sweaty than this very idealized Taoism of uh you'll flow through it and you'll gently redirect the person force. And it's like, yeah, good luck. Try that. You know, let me know how that works. Yeah. How do you like a shin in your eye while you're at Right. It? Exactly. So. I think it's nifty because when you talk about the, the flexible nature of it all, mm-hmm. it's funny how this ancient tradition has a lot of familiarity with the, when you're looking at the uncertainty of quantum things where I'm a wave until you look at me too hard. Now I'm a particle. Right. That's just sort of my crazy moment of the day, but it just kind of the realization that <laughs> no. struck me as you were saying that. No, but that's the trip of Taoism is that it's not, uh, um, it's not an ideology, it's not a dogma, it's the language of life. That's why I think we were talking about it with Mike V when we had him on. It's like you can be a Taoist without ever having heard of Taoism because you're applying principles, not because you read them somewhere, but because they are principles of life. And, you know, physics is is talking the language of Taoism and not again not because they studied it but because that's how the universe works yeah merely know? observation yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. how it is or reflections yeah cool so the, well, if that doesn't answer your damn question too bad <laughs> deal with it that's the most answered question, question I've ever been if not no actually I dug it so thanks Mark that was a good one got me thanks, going Mark. on the Tao Te Ching that was always fun Any other peaks in there? Are we going to save it for next week? Uh, Next time. All right. Don't be afraid. Email, text, uh, smoke signal, whatever. (laughs) If we get it, we'll respond. Beat the drum. Beat the drum. I know one thing's for sure. Mm-hmm. Today's your birthday. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that part. Yes. Right. But that's exciting. Here you are trapped mm. in our lovely studio when mm. you should be out, you know, teetotaling and dinner, dinner, awesome. dinner at Mr. Chow's. And, and well, I mean, so <laughs> I was supposed to... You Hefner called and say we're setting up this party for you and we have all these naked playmates who want to hang out with you and stuff and so you know I was all very appealing again I know first okay. it's not Tuesday night so what are we doing here with this again <laughs> second <laughs> second is like you know what as much fun as it would be to party with the naked playmates and eat all the awesome food at the Playboy Mansion and all of that no. we gave our word to our listeners that would have an episode done by the 15th it's the 11th already we need to edit it do everything you're so right. you're right i could be hanging out with all the naked playmates but instead i'm sitting here 
talking into a microphone for the sake of whoever. So you guys need to feel guilty at this moment when you're listening because, I don't know, just because. Shit, I'm glad they're there. 100,000 of anything is impressive. Yeah, no, that's awesome. But, um, but yeah, no, the, the birthday thing is... Uh, Man, is um, you know what? I'm gonna get to it in a minute. Let me uh, get started with something. So else, many big things to cover that I get confused. So, couple of uh, well, let me throw. There are a couple of random ones, and then we're gonna get into birthdays, age, and all of that stuff. Oh. But starting with one was a follow up to the academic issue that we had before. You know, a couple of uh, was a couple of podcasts ago. The one about academia. Yeah. You know, one thing that was funny. I remember a few months ago when I was all bummed out realizing very clearly that all other quote-unquote scholars really don't like me in a lot of ways and i was like but i'm a nice person i am so sweet i'm lovable and they don't like me i feel bad about it but why 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 i don't understand what do i need to do to be liked by the you know i was really just going off about this stuff and then i suddenly snapped out and saw myself from the outside and i was in my office at um the college we won't name it and uh, i was listening with fairly loudly in my office to uh, eminem uh, the song is fact which contains such purse of wisdom in what subtly else? metaphorical lines such as shower gerbil up your ass through a tube so that was the music that was coming out of my office hanging around my neck were the boxing gloves that I just used to exchange punches with a student during my break when we were sparring in the local park and in my <laughs> hand was the renewal of my medical marijuana license Excellent. and Excellent. in all of these I was wondering but why do these guys don't like me I don't understand they should all and I was like that's jealousy okay. buddy and at that point is what I was like okay shut up of course they don't like you you know and it's like I got it and I was like okay time to be quiet so in any case other than uh, that aside about weird academia and so on couple of things this is random and again has nothing to do with the actual rant that we're gonna go into but um i'm not gonna go into the whole hobbit thing in details i mean i had i had fun i i had a blast watching it and you know i can watch like 32 million hours of middle earth i don't care it could be a hobbit picking the hair off his feet and i would still think it's fun and awesome and peter jackson is a god but uh, so i had fun watching it i mean it was nothing new you know what i mean it's like there's nothing revolutionary or wild, you know, it's all Lord of the Rings, it's sort of more of the same, except that they're all damn dwarves, so there's not as much variety in terms of the energy of it all, and it's a little less epic and more comedy and all of that, so there's that, but I don't care, I liked it, I'm happy, I want to see 15 more of them, but um, one thing that's watching The Hobbit inspired... I dusted a ritual that I had only heard about and sort of made it up along the ways. There's this thing from a particular region of Italy, because a lot of Italy is like that, right? What people do in one place, people 20 miles away have no idea about that thing, or because everything is very local in some way, right? So I remember way back when I was, I don't know, a young teenager or something, I went skiing in the mountains in Val d'Aosta and uh, cold beyond belief. I was about to say cold as hell, but I think I'm getting my metaphors wrong. Hell is not notorious for being cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Until yeah. it freezes uh, over. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's so, all very confusing. But in any case, insanely freaking cold, and I see all the local guys going around with next to nothing gone, and I'm like, how the fuck do they not feel the cold? This is so it's beyond freezing. And then I realize 
I went into this mountain place where they would, I guess, I don't even know what the right word is. It's like a tavern, I guess, something along those lines. And they brought this wooden bowl uh, with spouts coming out of it. And inside of it was like this fuming, steaming mixture of coffee, alcohol, spices, and so on. And so I drank it and I was like, this is awesome. So inspired by the hobbit i decided i remember that ba- way back then i had exactly i bought this thing and you should see it is like for those of you guys want to check it out online there's if you look under images there's it's called grolla g-r-o-l-l-a i'm on it and by the way uh, savannah brought to my attention that in addition to seeing plenty of uh, these objects that i'm talking about there's some weird dude that does some disturbingly weird porn that somehow shows up when you put the word grolla which i guess is i'm weird, on it weird porn will show up no the problem with that weird porn is that as much as i'm a big fan of the naked female body that dude I don't know, man. She photographs it weird. There's something nasty about it. So I was just, in any case, don't look at it. Be Please. careful with the Grolla porn, yeah, everybody. Yeah, stick at the Grolla as in wooden object that's basically is like this big bowl uh, round. And usually they carve the wood in such a way that you see like either the head of an eagle on top or something. But it's like this very tribal object, right? There are spouts coming down from the direction and everybody basically drink from the same container, pass it along. It's like... Is the alcoholic equivalent of the peace pipe. You know what I mean? It's like you pass it along in this very tribal fashion. And so I decided to dust that off. I started with uh, Chris Stiles, who's the... Um, he's one of the musicians from our intro um, at Daisy House. And so with him, Sif, who's, um, he, she had uh, brought to our attention the, gay, the Danish gay penguins, so another hero of the podcast... Savan and me, we, are, we decided, let's do this thing. We put on um, Misty Mountain Cold, the main theme of The Hobbit, on a loop lasting 25 minutes or something. And with that, lowered all the lights, put the candles on. We poured this mixture of grappa, which grappa is like the nastiest alcohol ever to come out of Italy. It's like this very hardcore everything. A friend of mine tasted it just straight and said... This tastes like the stuff that they used to you clean heavy machi- machinery with, you know, it's like some... So we put a bunch of grappa. And it es- rhymes with crappa. Precisely. Convenient. Espre- <laughs> espresso coffee, grappa, pieces of cut-up apple. There's like all sort of weird recipe with spices in the it. The Italian sangria. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so we get, yeah. <laughs> it's, you make it steamy hot and then the beauty of it is that you pour the grappa at the border of the grolla, you pour sugar on it and you set it on fire. Right? Oh. So in the darkness this <laughs> fire goes off. His mouth. <laughs> oh. You close it and I you feel the hangover start already. drinking from the spouts. <laughs> and naturally it's not that bad because once you burn it, a lot of the alcohol goes away. But it's still enough to give you a good buzz. But and plus, there's the espresso to fight it, so it's both, uh, I guess, a downer and an upper at the same time. But but it is flu season, and you're yeah. But everybody was healthy and it was good. Yeah, that's one of the problems. You need to drink it with seriously healthy people at the moment. So this was your warm up to go see the Hobbit. This was my post Hobbit. <laughs> oh, this was inspired you by filling up down. and heading out. You know, we're, we're going to do this coven real quick with our grappa uh, <laughs> right. jug, and then on we go. They were living. Right. Middle Earth. We had watched The Hobbit. Chris had not watched it. And in fact, he said that right after that, when he went to watch The Hobbit, he was like, it was great, but 
what the fuck? The, the dwarves didn't broke out the Grolla. What's wrong with, you know, it fit perfect. That's call Peter Jackson right now. There yeah. needs to be a Grolla in the Hobbit. It's just... So it's my new winter ritual. That's... Okay, so next Hobbit, no Grolla, no go. Yeah, no. It's, it's over it. It needs to be... You need to know this in advance, otherwise you're going to opt out. If nothing else, I Politely think they need to out. distribute the growl outside of the Hobbit as people are walking in. Once they start singing, should be the way to go. But you liked the movie. Yeah, I had fun. Definitely. That's what the people that are just going to have a good time seem to like it the most. Yeah. The ones that were examining, oh, the 48 frames uh, made it hyper real. I didn't even notice it, to be honest. Maybe because of the growl, but I don't know. <laughs> You'll notice <laughs> it when you watch it uh, on your television later. Well, I'm... Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But that's Whatever. not the rant. No. The rant, rant has something to do with somebody's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aww. So today I am older, wiser. 24. And hotter. I know it's the hard to believe. Age of 24. Yeah, it's very hard to believe, but I have managed to, my hotness has increased in level yet. It's crazy. You guys, even if by now we may or may not, we'll see, but even if by now we have found a way to put our video on YouTube and everything is good, you will not see it, but everybody here in studio is wearing invisible glasses that were developed by aliens specifically for, for saving the world from my hotness. Because by now it has we reached levels that no, it would no. melt people in a ten mile radius. The cameras have special filters just in <laughs> yeah. case one. It's like a, it's like an inverse Medusa sort of thing. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, inverse Medusa. I was so, gonna say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you know protected from my hotness, but yeah, I. I don't know how it managed to happen, but every year hotter than the ones before. Wow. In any case, part of the point is, I don't know what the point is, but in any case, um, <laughs> I really don't give a fuck about birthdays. I really don't give a fuck about Christmas or Valentine's Day or anniversaries of any kind or um, any holiday. I, I, have an issue, I guess I have issues with the calendar. The calendar and I are not friends. I don't want to wake up and have the calendar tell me I'm supposed to feel on a certain day. Today is your day to celebrate. Today is your day to love yeah. your friends. Today yeah. is your day. To, like, fuck you, calendar. Guilt. You're a calendar. You stay on the wall. Don't tell me how I'm yeah. supposed to feel or what to do. False I, emotions. You know, I, I'm, with you. I'm with you for the made-up holidays and the Valentine's Day and even the, the drudgery that is the holiday season. Right. But uh, I'd give a little credence to anniversaries. Can I get an amen from you, sister? <laughs> You got an amen. Yeah. Okay. Motherfuckers. So we got to do something. This is my humble advice. Yeah, but I mean... Yeah, you universe, don't even have to care. Yeah, he just pretend. That's no, cool. but I mean, I'm all for celebrating. Don't get me wrong. But I want to celebrate when I want to celebrate. So you know what I mean? Is like, my when mom... shows This up. particular year, my mom had four birthdays. Because I see something that's cool. And I'm like, hey, it's your birthday. Look at that. Let's celebrate, you know? For the next three years, maybe I'll forget because there's nothing that strikes my eye and there's nothing that's going to be like, yay, this is for you. So it's like, I want to have the flexibility of celebrating things when I want to. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's like, I want to have Christmas in August sometime. Let's have Christmas. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I mean, I ran the show, motherfucker, not the calendar. So I don't want to be the slave of a bossy calendar who tries to tell me what to do and how to feel. Ain't going to happen. Can we, can we affect due dates the same way? Yeah, unfortunately, there's one of the problems that 
the ward tends not to respond to my moods as much as I would like to. I'm having the same problem. Yeah, and so I want it to be, you know, the depth of winter to have a growl line, watch Lord of the Rings, but it's like 90 degree outside. Yeah, it doesn't... Well, it's March in LA, what do you expect? So some rituals have to go with external circumstances. Not everything boils down to my mood, so I understand the calendar to some degree. It's a bitch. But again, so the birthday thing is up until the other day, I was, I didn't even remember, you know, somebody was like, hey, two days from now is going to, I'm like, what two days? Huh? What? It's like a burden. And then, of course, you know, Facebook comes in and today, you know, I said thank you to like 34 gazillion people. So I'm now conscious of the fact that it's my birthday. But uh, I mean, I appreciate it when people say happy birthday. That's sweet. Nice. Thank you. But, you know, really, in terms of, I say to other people, because I know that people care about yeah. this stuff, so I want to be nice to them. But really, none of this shit means anything to me. Even the, and this, I guess, brings the bigger point of the rant, which I guess, oh, yeah, there is a point. I found it now. Excellent. Took me a while, but I found it. Point is about age. Age, to me, doesn't mean shit. Because there are kids, there are adults, or you're dead. There's not a whole lot other than those categories in my mind. Kids are kids, definitely different from adults. Adults are adults. But that's it. In terms of all the difference in ages, like you're supposed to act differently depending on how old you are. Oh, or, no. Remember, what did Mike V say last time about age? I know, I'm sure it contained a lot of fucking as adjectives to things. It was like, it's not fucking the reason why you fight. No, Mike actually made a really beautiful point. He was basically saying about age on um, if uh, it's no reason to let it change who you are. You know what I mean? If who you are, what feeds you, what makes you happy shouldn't change because you are supposed to act differently at different milestones that people reach in their life according to a number or some shit. Certainly. The point to me is I don't take it seriously because I don't see myself as there are moments of the day when I'm three years old. You know what I mean? I act like it. I think like it. I'm, you know, and I am really three in that moment. <laughs> there are other moments of the day when I'm 90. I'm Yoda, the wise old master on the mountain. Or oh, the grumpy one. Yeah. That could be like, too. But... Has anybody ever woken you up at like two in the morning and, you, and you're just pissed and you feel like you're a bumbling herd of old? Sure. Your kids, I, keep it down! Yeah, that's the perfect example. Yeah, you keep never... down the damn music already. You know, there's... There's all that. 50 miles an hour up my road. By God, I ought to throw a brick at your damn windshield. That's right. So to me, is having the freedom of jumping from one age to another, from that mood to playful little kid to teenager in love to serious adult to whatever the fuck. is like, these are all the roles I like to play on any given day. I don't want to get stuck with one of them for a whole year or decade or phase of my life. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know I know people in their mid-30s that are stuck at 19. Yeah, and that's... That's the worst. That's that, the saddest. Right. The age thing, I remember when... I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but I remember when I was a kid, everyone I got along with was older than me. Yeah, I mostly hang out with older. By the time <clears throat> I was in college, maybe late college, the people I got along with were about my age people in college by the time i graduated college the people i got along with were always younger than me and so it seemed like there was and part of it was that there seemed to be an age at which people start dying 
they will realize it 50 years later that they are already dead so they'll go on living by inertia for a few decades <laughs> but they are already <laughs> dead inside you know by the time they start paying their bills and doing all that shit whatever little spark of life that they may have had when they were 15 16 17 20 you know once they are adults it's cooler because they're still life and they are adults so mm-hmm. that's the perfect vibe and then it slowly start dying down and get beaten down by the world and I have to accept my tough responsibilities and do this and that. Which I'm not saying be irresponsible, I'm all for responsibility, but that should not squash your spirit. No. And a lot of what I see was people starting in their mid some people they are dead at ten, you know what I mean? They're already old in so many ways. But a lot of people in their mid-20s or something, whatever, and the percentage of people who still have any life decreases sharply throughout their 20s. By the time most people are 30, there are people who are alive and well and intense, progressively less and less and less. So part of it, I was like, why do people buy into this shit? Why the passing of age seem to change them? And I don't know if that means that I'm a weird cycle with stuck being in a teenage exploration of life forever but I'm like that's cool if that's what Peter Pan is all about I dig it you know it's like and again it doesn't just mean be the stupid teenager it also mean the old man on the mountain at the same time you know in the same day being able to because these are all really old energies you know what I mean the little kid the so-called stages of life they are all types of energies that all of us have inside of us. So being able to bring them out at will when you want throughout any given day, to me that just makes your experience wider. Having to get stuck in one phase for a long period of time just seems suicidal and stupid to me. It's terrible. It's funny, it's it's the it's the maiden, the mother, and the crone at the same time. You know, yeah. It's the same well, sort of deal. Absolutely. But let's focus on the fact that it's a choice. I mean you mm-hmm. can you can you can do this, you can let it out. And most people get hung up to the point where they, they're so tied up that they can't. So I feel like it's, it's something to focus on, that one another can, you know, be charged by other people, but you have that gate that you let, you know, let free and then it flows. But it's tricky. I don't know. I mean, and easy. it is something that if people... It's a choice, though. I don't know. I mean, some in some cases, I don't even think like people don't. It's not a choice they make consciously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that this they, comes natural. Right. That's 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 way too easy. I'm not saying it's that easy. Uh-huh. It's, it's it's seriously. It's like a, if you change. Uh, it's just like when okay, when you try to uh, change, like make a lifestyle change. Like all of a sudden, you want to stop uh, drinking coffee, or you want right. to stop start working out, or whatever. Like you you mentally snapped, and you're now actively going to try to choose the other. Mm-hmm. You know the red. You know the red pill or the blue pill. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's it's harder. It's hard to describe. It's very personal, right. and there's no silver bullet. But whatever. I mean, I think that you can actively choose that way. Yeah, so, totally. And I mean, in this is really just moral of the story is like, why be an age? You know what I mean? Is like you can have more experience, you can have less experience. But again, once you're an adult, is about what you do with that experience, how how you are able to translate it into every living moment. And it really is, there's no reason to accept to turn into a stereotype because that's what an age is. You know, acting a certain age is a stereotype, whatever age that may be. The well, there's a lot of people willing to fall into those things absolutely. now. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. It, it, and I think it almost goes with, oh, so I'm at this point in my career and I better yeah. sit inside my yeah, office yeah. and look at my 401k. And yep, yep, yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, I, I've always been thankful. I had my kids really young. Right. We were 22, barely. Mm-hmm. 
when puppies started showing up. I did figure by the third one that it wasn't the water causing that. (laughs) But a lot of time had passed by that. Whoops. 19 children later. Right. Um, But I've always thought that's that's perfect. Because I'm not so far from 12 or 2 that I don't have any capacity to remember it. When I see some of these cats that are 50 having a newborn. Right. What does it mean? But then what do you again, guys think about that? I, mean, it's I think it's terrible. I think it's child abuse almost. I agree to a point because again, it depends on who the person is. Totally. You know what I mean? It's yes, like I am, I am uh, stereotyping like exactly now, and it could be somebody saying. that's perfect, and that's the opportunity they've waited for. But it's just so odd, man. Okay. You're so set in your way. Uh, who's having a kid now? Oh yeah, the other day I was talking. Wasn't to, Tony uh, Randall like ninety when he uh, had a kid? But if you're full of life, who cares? Like yeah, you know, no, it's you that person. Yeah, but generally, if you're fifty-one yeah. and haven't had any kids generally, around your house. And you're not going to enjoy this experience of cleaning shitty diapers for the next six years. Yeah, Agreed. Nor, yeah normally you're uh, the child when they're 18 and they're the 70. Like, yeah, this iron lung I'm rolling just, up to my graduation here. That's what is that your mom? No, that's uh, that's my dad. Right. He's 80. Yeah, that's not no. To, there is something objective. I mean, granted, of course, and there's yes, something and of course, objective. there's a different. You know, but I I, so, I, I agree with what you say. You know, right. I think it's easier. To be a little more forgiving. To remember, no. if I'm 30 and you're 10, that's going to be easier to. Um, yeah, and I mean, in that case, is also yeah. There's adult kid. Yes, there are big differences there. But then you know, once you are an adult, it's like. Relax. And by the way, all of these is. But. Absolute bullshit that yeah, I'm making up. I was going to say, I mean, like, well, it's, like, it's, as if, it's as if this is all premeditated. Like, anybody ever has a choice. No, I'm just, these things, I'm just right? giving ammunition to anybody mm-hmm. listening who's planning yeah, we're on... we're just looking for haters. Who's right? really trying to get into the pants of somebody who's 20 years this, their junior. This is your speech that you want to have. Because ah. age is all really relative. You don't understand. It's all about this... Perfect. That's what, Perfect. That's what you need to go with, okay? So yep. if that's what you want to do... Now the you ask, know how to do it. That's a good one. Thank you. Next Thank you. you know, those 10 extra laps around the sun have done me a lot of good. Make sure to edit out this part <laughs> where I confess that we're making this stuff up. That You got it. Make it sound like we totally believe all of this. And it's so... I read it from my shitty books I shouldn't have bought. So it's got to be true. <laughs> right good. There, good. Well played. <laughs> What's the title of those shitty books? Just say what it is. What is it? I, I don't awesome. want. I'm afraid to say. I, I know how I know how the publishing industry is now, and I would be fearful to uh, mention okay. anybody's title because there would be a cease and desist order effort, though, hours I later. I, you know, what can I do? I, I, I judged a book by its cover. <laughs> and it won't be the last time. Well, that was the rant of the day. Already, so this is um oh it's story time, it's story time, yay! I love story time. Now, so far, we've had murders, yep, cheaters, yep, liars, yep, uh, people people getting backstabbed. Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. Well, that's the that, Hobbit. That's yeah, that's a story. Can we expect bloodshed and tears again this week? I'm gonna be talking about my lovely family, so yes. Oh, well, it must be story time. This is some charming family history, and <laughs> I'm going to be talking about my grandparents. Ooh. Kind of. Actually, true. Are um, they still with us? Uh, one, actually, the one of them is, but that's not one of those I'm going to be talking about. So 
the ones that will be discussing no or not um a lot of this is about world war ii and there are some like the weird shit that people live through that even now today living in a late day may seem like a whole other universe and there's something bizarre about some of these stories uh one of is like my paternal grandfather had this pretty bizarre world war ii experience where he was uh he got recruited into the army in italy back when mussolini was in power you know he hated the fascism but you're stuck right he got in some weird way ridiculously lucky because his group of people that he days whatever platoon or whatever the fuck he was called was supposed to be sent to Russia and actually they were sent to Russia except that he wasn't he managed to get transferred to another one and that particular platoon got wiped out every single one of them he was then supposed to be sent uh, um, to fight in North Africa against the British except that that particular platoon got wiped out every single one of them and he had managed to get transferred out of it so he had dodged already a couple of major bullets right there. He was sole survivor of these incidents? Or no, he no, did, he didn't he had go. He managed in time. Okay, to, okay. to get transferred before. Like, and then later wow. find out, all those guys I was with, they're all dead now. It's bulletproof Bulelli. Right. So there was that. They sent him to Corsica, you know, the French island off the coast that's close to between Italy and France. And the ship after him and before him they were both sunk and everybody there went so you know dodge a lot of bullets but bottom line is he's peace because he hates fascism and he's stuck being in the italian army during the war which is a fascist army right so what happens is uh while as the tide is beginning to change and most of the people in his unit kind of share these ideas so didn't really want to be part of this shit once they saw an opening that there was a chance to actually rebel and not get killed on the spot they took it so they one day they were they switched and they had a german unit next to them and they were you know hardcore nazis of course during world war ii so they turned on them and got into fighting with the nazis right and what happened is uh, my grandfather with a couple of other guys had stayed behind when all of this had happened in one another you know they were like going for a swim and he's like when are we switching oh in a couple of days don't worry turns out they switch sides sooner than expected so they got stuck behind everyone else they one of them was insanely thirsty they were hiding out and they were surrounded by nazis and so he was like you know let's surrender it's gonna be okay and they were like i don't know about that maybe we shouldn't and no no it's gonna be okay and just about as they were about this one guy was about to walk out and surrender they see them they had captured another couple of guys from the unit and they see them executed them right then and there so they were like yeah okay i think you can stay thirsty for a little longer you know don't worry about it so over the next few weeks, they pretty much live off the land and until they manage to reconnect with their unit. Uh, their unit then went down into Sicily, joined with the Americans, and then they went all the way from Sicily to all the way up throughout Italy, working their way. And essentially, my grandfather in particular was working cannons and basically finding the right angle and making sure he was aiming at the right spot and blowing up Nazis and so on. So that was... Uh, his job, quote-unquote. But, you know, despite the fact that you hear so much romanticism about World War II, his thing was very just like, this sucked. It certainly sucked when I was in a fascist army, sucked a little less later, but the bottom line is these were what could and should have been the best years of my life, and I spent my time 
praying that I wasn't getting blown to pieces the next minute, and I did that for like five years or some shit. Watching your friends get killed every day. Yeah, so not particularly thrilled with the whole thing. Um, He eventually, you know, you of course you build good relations with people you manage to survive with, so he would go uh, to visit with these guys like every year or so, they would go clubbing. It was hilarious to see like these 70-year-old dudes going out, drinking, dancing, finding local girls to dance with and whatever at all sort of ages. It was pretty funny. But yeah, that was his thing. So he wasn't, you know, very wild and weird, but he certainly didn't have the most, yay, happy experience of World War II or the whole uh, hero thing. Did he relive those stories over and over again? Because my grandfather, the, the World War II is his pinnacle. Yeah, no, he never spoke about it. Really? It was just yeah. one of the scenes that, was that my he dad was like... Vietnam. Yeah, saying nothing, and not that he was, you know. If you ask him, he would talk about it. He Probably, wasn't like traumatized, yeah. but he was just like, eh, eh, it was not. These that. are nice stories. Nothing to write home and about. He, and in fact, it was funny because when he came back, and that's right after that is when he met my grandmother. My grandmother, I remember she telling me how when she first met him, she's like, "Man, he was so serious," and I'm like. He had been through five years of war. I can see how he would be serious. And he's actually a funny dude. He had a lot of sense of humor. So I was like, who the hell were you hanging out with before him? You know, he's like fucking comedians or... <laughs> but it... Um, and then he was pretty funny. He was telling me the story of how um, there were no jobs, you know, following the war. And it was kind of hard. And when um, they had decided to get married and all of that, and um, he couldn't find a job and... He went up to this one place that finally had a job and they require some very specific skills, I forget in what. And he was like, so do you know this? Like, of course, I know all about it. And he I'm didn't know shit, right? He mm-hmm. lied through his teeth. And then eventually by the time he had to cough up the fact that, no, I actually don't, but they liked him already. They're like, ah, I'm required by law to hire veterans anyway, so we'll teach you on the job and it's all good. But I, There's a thousand questions, but I'll, I'll narrow it. Um, when they switched, yeah. it sounded like that had to be a pretty big unit. This wasn't like yeah. a platoon of 20 guys. Right. Like, Fuck those Nazis. This was yeah. all the way up the command chain. Yeah, everybody was on and board. And they made contact with the Americans. And yeah. like, Did they switch uniforms in any way? Or at some no. point, would there have been Italian yeah, troops fighting fascist yeah. Italians? Yeah, absolutely. What did that lead to when the war was over? Obviously, Mussolini lost... Right. So you were on the good side of the Italian army. Yeah. But there had to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, people still hated each other for decades after that and big time. It's even weirder the other story that I was thinking of because that's my maternal grandmother. And she obviously wasn't in the army being a woman. But she's not like she fought any less, actually, the other way around. Because what happened was... Five of her cousins died during the war. Couple were killed by fascists. Couple were killed fighting against uh, the SS. Uh, one of them died in some training accident while preparing to fight. So there was all that. When she was 15, she decided to join the resistance against the Nazis and the fascists. And what happened was that... Um, Mainly the resistance was distributing alternate news, you know, providing news that weren't just the news that the fascists were passing along. And so you would go go someplace, leave uh, like papers with other news and run away before they catch you kind of thing, right? Wow. 15. Right. And then, I can't get my 15-year-old to do her fucking homework. Or, you know, you, you slash the tires of Nazi vehicles or things like that to kind of make it harder for them and so on. But... This is nothing. This is where it gets weird about the 15-year-old part. 
her father uh, was in charge of a weapon factory, even before the war, right? He was essentially selling weapons, uh, mostly hunting guns, but not only. As soon as the war had begun, the fascist government had seized the factory and, you know, he would still run it, but he would have to give all the weapons to the government for running the war. So what happened was that he, without her knowing, her father was giving out information to members of the resistance of every time the trucks would go out so that they could hit the trucks and steal the weapons. Without him knowing, she was doing the exact same thing, and she was getting weapons stolen so that they would go into the armed hands of the partisans fighting the fascists and the Nazis. But the part where it got weird is that she also took direct action in some of things where, like, she would, um, in some cases, beside providing alternate information, they would just go out and kill judges, kill heads of particular units of the police and stuff like that. She being a woman, she could get away being... So sometimes she wouldn't be the shooter. They would be like somebody else shoot and they give her the gun because she's less likely to be searched and stuff like that. So she would do stuff like that. One of the funniest things she told me about this was that um, in this one occasion, she was carrying this bag that was stuffed with bombs, um, hand grenades, really. So they're not going to go off because you move it a little. You know, they're hand grenades, but still stuffed with hand grenades. And designed to blow up members of fascist units and so wow. on. <laughs> and in this one occasion, this one guy from, uh, I forget which unit of some like fascist police, see her and wants to flirt with her. And so starts saying, oh, you know, you have this heavy bag. Let me help you with it. And she was sweating bullets where this dude was like handling the bag that she's carrying weapons in and so on. So all that was going on. Luckily for her, boys are dumb. Yeah, so she got lucky with that. But basically, you know, can you imagine that, you know, you're talking to your grandma and, you know, you're a sweet little old grandma and she's telling about the days when she blew up Nazis and you're like, the fuck, you know? But this is where the story takes a bit of a dark turn is that toward the end of a war, they, um, the... um, the fascists kind of caught on to the fact that there were two people in their unit of the resistance, caught some of them, tortured them to death, got names of other people. So the circle was tightening very quickly. And uh, she had this one boyfriend by the point that uh, one day when she walks out of the house, she finds him in a bag, chopped to pieces after they kill. So she had her boyfriend delivered in front of her house in pieces inside of a bag. What? Yeah, that didn't do wonders for her mood. And um, in fact, she she always argued all her life that even later when she married and the kids and stuff, it's like that, that guy was the love of her life and that was it. Everything else was whatever, you know. So that really gave her this heavy layer of sadness to the rest of her life, or at least the excuse for a good layer of sadness, because some of it, some people get through a lot of shit and still manage to find ways around it. She clearly did only to a point, but um, at the same time, yeah, you have just had your boyfriend delivered in pieces in a bag, so I can see how that would affect your mood for quite a while. And uh, that's, I guess, a sobering reminder of, you know, when you're whining about some little shit, it's like, People, the kind of stuff that people deal with and have dealt with on a regular basis, it's pretty brutal. I was talking, hell, I was talking, Savannah's mom was telling me how growing up in Cambodia, when, um, you know, Khmer Rouge hit, 
hid in the jungle for several years, hunted down by the Khmer Rouge in this one occasion, running away, and the little girl next to her friend getting gunned down and all of that. So, I mean, the shit that so many people have experienced in life. This isn't a soy latte, thank you very much. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. And there's, uh, so it puts everything in perspective. You know, when we are whining about some little daily bullshit, it's like, you could be hunted down by the Khmer Rouge or you could have your boyfriend delivering pieces in front of your house when you're a teenager. Mm. You think you have problems, think again. Well, what's amazing too, like especially with your, with all of our relatives that, that lived through World War II, there was no end game set. No, of course Nobody not. knew when that was going to be over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, over Thanksgiving, I talked to my grandmother about, about um, Pearl Harbor. Right. The day before Pearl Harbor, America was not going to get involved in this. Yep, absolutely. Now, the powers that be had different thoughts, sure. I'm certain. But, uh, yeah, the switch got flipped, and that was it. Yep. And until yep. it was yep. done... Yeah, you don't know. You have no really, idea. You really don't know. So even these guys, and, and you know, at least you know it's 15 months. Right. You know? Well, yeah, right. I mean, it's just like when you're talking about your grandfather and having spent his prime five years. I mean, when he, when he might not want to talk about that, I mean, I'm sure he would have had it... You know, that's what that's the way life was. Right. I mean, you're going to deal with it one way or the other, and uh, whether you take it for granted or not, that's yeah. You don't know if you if not only if you get out, but when there can be an end in sight. You have no idea. You know, and who's going to be alive? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that puts. But back to the I political mean, part that you were asking. You know, what happens after the war? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty funny because I remember growing up, even with my parents, uh, like I was always puzzled because I remember growing up, I would always see this helmet inside my house, like a motorcycle helmet, right? And I was like, Dad, why do you have a motorcycle helmet, but you never, ever drive a motorcycle? (laughs) And he was like, political activity. And I'm like, what? And he's like, because basically politics in the 60s and 70s in Italy was violent as hell like anything else so politics my dad my mom all of them meant enormous fights with the police enormous fights with fascists that's so and horrible i mean not, i get so pissed thinking that we have my generation right be 20, i have no exposure to that sort of thing it seems like it's just attached i mean where, where does that lie where do you that was funny because i mean yeah. politics here yeah, was not talking about it or there was that too, but it, it was, was getting, a hell of a lot of... Getting off your ass and actually standing for something you believe in, not right. like waiting for it to show up on the news and then, you know, send an email or uh, file a petition online and be pissed about it. It's not... It seems so pussy these days. Like, uh, oh, it's fucking, terrible, man. What, I, what are we doing? Like, it seems stupid. I, um, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said along the way, the day that Las Vegas stopped being a gambling uh, destination and became a gaming destination right. Right. is when America's nuts fell off. Huh. Yeah, balls. And it's, it's done nothing but worse. It's probably right about when Reagan well, started really all his madness. We just, I think we did, had... man. I mean, there was a point where this country would fall for the wrong thing. And I get we don't want to get political. I apologize right. to everybody. I'm but, sorry. Because I'll right. jump right in with you, I, man, because I feel exactly it. the same way, that it fucking makes me crazy, especially, and it's... this is not story time, and I apologize, but I got to get this out. When, when, when the Walmart family is bringing home billions of dollars and they won't pay for health insurance for their fucking employees, right. something is off the fucking rails. And you're right. The fact that we sit around and play with our fucking iPads and eat Doritos and don't do a fucking thing about it is sick. 
I know. And it's kinda... got to end because if it doesn't end, the well, the gate is almost shut. Well, what's killer is oh, I've gone crazy. About... I apologize. No, well, you're talking about Daniela. It was uh, the fact that your your father. You sitting there, you know, he didn't necessarily have to explain it to you or whatever. He's like, ah, helmet, I don't wear play. I mean, it's like these, uh, you know, some sort of firsthand experience with some sort of reality, mm-hmm. some sort of so, something that go, goes along with, uh, you know, fighting for your rights, whatever. My, That's That just hasn't happened, especially with my generation. Man, I mean, part of it is generational, because, I mean, even my, just with well, me, it wasn't like that anymore. Okay, you so know, by... my parents were hippies in mm-hmm. the summer of 69. They thought they were going to change shit. the world. Great, yeah, cool, but, I mean, how many of them, you know, went and, you know, did anything violent or had to wear helmets to protest? Right. It's not like that. They didn't have to fight for their lives. Some. They you got, you know, Chicago, some, 1968 know. kind of some, thing. You got some. that. Right. But, but yeah, I, no, I mean, I, I, I smell revolution in the air, man. Certainly I love Thomas might. Jefferson, and he always said every 20 years, it's good for the soul. Yeah. One thing that trips me out about politics, so this was this. Um, you know, we told this story that I'm mentioning about... Grandma blowing up Nazis, my <laughs> grandfather turning around and killing. It's like Good job. my parents getting into not killing anybody, but you know, lots of fighting and all of that. Check this one out. My mom was she was a teenager one day. She told me that there was um, she realized there was this one fascist dude that had been following her for a couple of days. Again, politics and which meant, but at one point she was like realized that she, he kept trailing her and so on. So she turned around. And run up to him because Based you know it. he wasn't expected, and just kicked him in the balls. Hey! Right that was like the original drunken Dallas right, right there. But don't, like we're saying, like don't run from your bullshit. Right. Face it. It might but be tough. It is what is weird you didn't because know happen. you know based on all this stuff, you can imagine that yeah, my family didn't have exactly fascist sympathies and so on. Yet, I give you an example that's bizarre. Uh, one of the last time, maybe a few years ago, four or five years ago, when I went back to Italy, I was teaching a martial arts seminar. And particularly the MMA scene, the mixed martial arts scene in Italy is heavily fascist. A lot of the people doing MMA are neo-Nazis or things like that. Not everybody, but certainly a big chunk. Well, there's pockets everywhere. It's so there crazy. was this guy who was uh, at the seminar who was complete neo-Nazi guy. Right. And, you know, he's a serious neo-Nazi, you know, Hitler is his idol and all of that. And this is where it gets weird. You know, there were people who found out that he was a neo-Nazi, like, shouldn't even allow him in the school. What the fuck? And at the same time, here is what's weird. The guy was ridiculously polite, super sweet, very nice. On a personal level, I got along with the guy. You know what I mean? He was nice. He was nice, and then he, of course, he, you know, dreams of murdering scores of Jews and stuff. But at the same time, you know what I mean? This is what I mean about empathy. Sometimes stories are weirder than expected. You know what I mean? Because Nazi, bad guy. And in many ways, it's true. That's the way it is. At the same time, not that simple. It's more complicated. It's the same guy that will possibly put a bullet in your head because you disagree about politics. He's actually the same guy that's going to help you move and be sweet to you in a weird context. Mm. And so there's there's a layer of humanity that's beyond politics, that's beyond ideology, that's beyond other things where nice people are nice people and ugly people are ugly people. But there's Another layer that we add to it, whether it's ideological, it's politics, it's religious, it's whatever the hell, that may sometimes squashes the human level and sometimes doesn't, sometimes coexists with it in this weird, contradictory way that you don't quite know which face you're looking at, you know? And they are all there in the same person. 
Yeah, there's plenty of them. Would it be very easy to dismiss it either way, to try to say, no, he's really a nice guy because you want to focus on that side of him that's there, or to demonize it and it's like, yeah, whatever, he's polite, but he's a mass-murdering fan of whatever the fuck. And it's... Living with the contradiction, with the complexity of it all, it's more interesting to me. It definitely gives flavor to life. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing yeah. like the born-again Christian hanging out in the theater department with all the homosexuals. Right. And like, well, how could you possibly do this? Well, you know, I pray for their souls at night. Right. And what else can I do? And he's a nice person. Right. 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 But, right. man. I, I'm, 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 I'm baffled. I want to I <laughs> think about this first a little bit more. Because, okay, so... When these people are coming at you and um, their ideology, ideological beliefs do not overshadow their personality and or their their person, some over the time, right, right. That's somewhat rare. But yeah. let's okay. So let's think maybe. Um, I mean, just just think of, of like a, the nice person. A lot of it revolves around like some sort of religion. Let's say, right. but let's not associate with any one religion. Somebody comes to you and they're sweet per- people and like they're nice to you, but then at the end of the day, they want to, you know, kill gay people or something like that. Like that, that just it, how where does at what what point do you say you are so nice? That's great. You would never hurt a fly, but yet you would hurt right this sort of class yep. of people that shouldn't ever even be classified separately at all. If they're just people. Yeah, that's where well, it gets well, weird. Like, how do you how do you how do you ever forgive that? A lot of it is contextual, and you may not forgive it. You know what I mean? Is like with this guy, if we hang out on the mat, we train together, mm-hmm. we're friends, right. we got along. If in a different context, right. maybe we kill each other. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, and that's the weird contradiction of it all. It's right. like you run into somebody, and in that particular context, you can relate to each other as humans and you click with the person to some degree and mm. in a different context doesn't mean you forgive it means maybe you put a bullet in their head and maybe they put a bullet in yours because it's that there's no room for mediation maybe or maybe there is and maybe you can go the Taoist route of because you have empathy and you do they do see you as a friend to some degree, and then because you don't come across as trying to convince them or fight them or oppose them, sometimes you are able to slowly, in a roundabout way, trying to have them see the world slightly differently. Yeah, a battle Maybe. that you haven't necessarily had to fight. Right. Right? Like you're talking mm-hmm. about Sun Tzu and stuff. You don't necessarily have to fight that. You might just have to show somebody the way, and they yep. will help themselves. Sometimes it works, and sometimes you kill each other instead. That's right? Pretty, that's pretty awesome to think about. The, I don't know. This is the greatest story time ever. <laughs> Bolelli and his murderous grandparents. All my grandparents are murderers awesome. too, man. Well, for an uplifting moment, it doesn't have anything to do with the story, but just uh, a few days ago, this is just to send people off with no Nazi murdering images, but with something sweeter. I don't know how it got into me, but a few days ago I decided I was checking out the writing of this one Roman writer, Catullus, from 2,000 years ago or something. Classic, Latin, whatever. And you can uh, read Latin? No, I, well, I, I, in high school they tortured me for five years in Italy. Because actually high school is five years in Italy, it's not four for whatever weird reason. But they tortured me with Latin, but I forgot everything about it the next minute. But in this one case, I was trying to read an English translation of the guy, and I had the Latin text next to it, so I could still vaguely remember enough that with a translation I can make out what word is which. 
And the English translation sucked. It was just so, I don't know, it didn't have the flavor of it. Exactly. It didn't have the... So I dusted off the years of Latin that they used to torture me with, and I decided, ah, I'm just going to translate it and play with it and so on. I took out a couple of parts because at one point, he, this is a love letter or a love poem to this guy's woman who is, um, he addresses her as lesbia, which has lesbian connotation in uh, English. So I skip that part because it's confusing. It's, it doesn't have the same connotations in Latin. So it's just a pet name of some kind. So we strike that out. But I'm going to read that guys to you because this, this is a cool, I don't know. It's 2000 like years it. ago? So yeah. Check this out. Let me see if I find it here. Uh, 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 uh. There's more actually to it, but the, here is the essence of it all. Here is how it goes. It goes, let's live and love, caring less than nothing for the moralizing of stern old men. I mean, right there, that's awesome, right? Let's live and love, caring less than nothing for the moralizing of stern old men. Beautiful. The sun sets and rises back again, but an eternal night of sleep awaits us when our brief light turns to darkness. Give me a thousand kisses and a hundred more, and then a thousand and other hundred, and more thousands and hundreds. Let's scatter them then, so that no one can envy us by knowing how many kisses we have shared. I love this dude. Well, this, by the way, is translation courtesy to Bolelli, and this Latin, which is really the only, this last ten lines are the only reason why they, I did five years of Latin, because everything else sucked. Well, it's worth it now. But, I mean, right line number one, let's live and love, yay. Caring less than nothing for the moralizing of stern old man, and then there's this celebration. It's acknowledging that, it's acknowledging kind of the ugly side of life where everything goes to shit any minute, so give me a damn kiss right now and let's have fun. This, let's kind of suck the essence of life right and, here, right now. And let's we, not count. Let's yeah, just... and uh, I was like, ah, I dig this. So now that we have traumatized you with horrible stories of World War II, murder, bloodshed, brains spilling everywhere. No, we didn't have that, but I figured I would throw that in anyway. Now we just send you away with something sweet and lovable about kisses and love and stuff. So. That's beautiful and all, but I'm still curious what might be the connection between the Grola and grotesquely distended... Oh, the, <laughs> the images we saw earlier and stuff is really? like... I'm in my mind the whole time. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, there's some... But, you know, that's the net. It's like, if you write uh, any word you can think of, if you put it in Google and you go into images, some porn will show up just because that's just the nature of the net. So I don't think it's the Grolla thing specific. Is You could write table... And there would be bent over backwards, sideways on a table with, like, that's... I think there's just some kinky Italian backstory that Daniel's not coughing up. Huh. Well, there are always kinky Italian backstories. Just that's, you know, that's the nature of the beast, right? It's, it's Italy. To give you an idea of how weird Italy is, you have the... Um, some of the terminology when you translate it is so funny like when you're talking about waste as in the physical part it's called vita which is like life mm. and uh, when you say when you want to say that somebody's really lucky you say what an ass which rather than being a bad thing mean you have such an ass means how lucky you are check out what ass you have with you and and that's like, uh, same, you know, all every other freaking Italian thing is about sex. If, it's only, just, if only the rappers of 2013 knew about that, they would have a heyday. Seriously. That's an excellent note to leave it on. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to ruin your beautiful poem. <laughs> no, it's even more beautiful. No, no, it's 
makes it more real. To all the great asses out there. <laughs> Bid you deal. You make everyone's life considerably more lovable and happier. Thanks to you all and the perfect geometry of your curves. Well, despite if you don't want to enjoy it or not, happy birthday. Happy ah, birthday. what the hell, sure. And, and here's not? to uh, another lap around the sun. So. Yay, <laughs> alcohol. Yay, I don't have it. But no, we'll have to okay. <laughs> All right, it's uh, going to be interview time in, in, in just a few days for us. And, yep. and who's coming our way? Um, Chris Ryan, author of Sex at Dawn. Really, I actually was, I recorded one with Chris for his podcast, and it's going to come out around the same time, possibly even a few days afterwards, even though we recorded it already. He's a really fun guy, so I'm sure that the conversation will be awesome, because I had a blast recording the first one with him, and um, I'm sure this is going to be fun. Nah, the book is pretty fascinating. Cool. All right, everybody. Adios. Yay. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. <laughs>